start recording button today. Switch screens. And all right, so welcome back, guys. This is our 35th session of Ophion. Uh, I don't really have, but a couple of announcements. And as you may or may not know from uh, Adiona earlier in this week, they regard uh, both PAX and uh, the coming week. So for those who aren't in the know, uh, I will be at PAX West from the 29th uh, until the 5th. So obviously that means the Ophion on the 1st will not be running, as I am not even going to try streaming from a laptop in Seattle with internet I don't know the quality of. So uh, we will be on break for about a week uh, after the 25th, so the session after next. And uh, if you are interested at all in a in-real-life game and you happen to be in the Seattle area, or you happen to be at PAX, you know, just, you know... Uh, in the general area, I would suppose. Um, I'll be posting on Twitter uh, if and when I get a table. And I'd love it if you uh, came and hung out. Maybe uh, played a little bit or, you know, just kind of observed and have a good time. Uh, I've never really run a con game before, so I'm sort of on the fence. Uh, you know, I figure it's either going to be great or it's going to be horrible. But that's the whole point of doing it. Um, the other announcement I have regards next week, uh, specifically the 22nd. Uh, for those of you who are interested in the newest 40k streaming RPG, uh, Wrath and Glory, um, I will be running a streamed game of it on the 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern Daily Time. So that's Greenwich Mean minus 4, if I remember correctly. And uh, I think it'll be a good time. Uh, I've got a good group of folks and... Uh, you know, we're obviously all still learning the system, but should be pretty good time. And that'll be a weekly series uh, that will really kick off after PAX, because unfortunately I will be on a plane the 29th and the 5th. But that's that stream's problem, not this one. So I believe that's all the announcements I had. So unless any of the players have any, let's go ahead and jump into the Captain's Log. <clears throat> Captain's Log, Stardate 56693.4. The Ophion has spent a week around Theta Cygni 12, assisting the colony in its rebuilding efforts and attempting to discover the cause for Starfleet deliberately ignoring their initial distress call. However, once their infrastructure was functional again, we were told that we were no longer welcome in the system. I've been working with Admiral Thesso trying to find anything about the Order, but to no avail. It's almost as if someone has carefully falsified the details throughout every appropriate relay and even in Starfleet Command's records. As frustrating as it is, I just have to trust that there was a good reason for someone to do this. It's too thorough to be a simple cover-up. On a positive note, Commander Vetu of the Romulans has invited the Ophion specifically to observe the test of their newest Singularity Core drive, allegedly able to re reach warp 9.975. As we're the closest ship, we've been authorized to attend the demonstration to collect data. On a personal note, it will be very good to see the commander once again. End log. Alrighty. So, as the captain has just said, you guys are currently en route to a unnamed test sector. Uh, I imagine it's somewhere near, if we're looking at the galactic map, it's somewhere in between Ferengi space and uh, where I've got the Romulan sector. Uh, what used to be Cardassian space, so somewhere out there in deep space. I hadn't really nailed down a location, but if you need one, I can, of course, give you one. But there is time, as usual, for downtime RP, uh, bits of scenes people wanted to get out of the way. So before we again get to the 
bulk of the session. Does anyone have any scenes they'd like to get out of the way? I do. All right, what you got? Uh, I'm in my quarters recording a message. Sure, and I actually have quarters map this time. All right, so just bear with me. Where did I put quarters? There it is. Alrighty. So there you are, Pranek. There you are in your spacious Spiky. officer's quarters. And yeah, go ahead. I'm just tapping away at a pad in a in a slightly darkened room. And uh, it dictates as um, diplomat valet, or rather father. I understand the peculiarity of contacting you directly after how our last meeting ended. However, I come to you seeking your help. More to the point, the resources your position affords you. Yes, the position I openly mocked as being too passive for myself. I digress. A fringe colony on Theta Cygni 12 transmitted a stress call in 2377. Well, this in itself is not odd. I believe, however, there's, uh, that there's reason to be- there's, there is reason to believe, however, that this distress call was received by Starfleet and ignored on purpose. While this inquiry would be is well outside the duties of either of our stations, I suspect the answer to it is, it is a piece to a much larger puzzle. On another more personal note, Vulul has come to the Sabine Expanse to continue her research. Her proximity should allow us to complete the Kunub Kala free. I extend an invitation to you and Mother, should you find yourself able to travel this far. Regards, Panek. Alright. And I imagine you send it off with all due haste after a little bit of... Not quite. I have another thing I want to do later with it. Okay, cool. Alright, noted. Um, Out of curiosity, you'll have to remind me... uh, which uh, planet or planets does your father kind of oversee as an ambassador? He's an ambassador on Vulcan. Okay, so he is actually on Vulcan. All right, got it. Cool. For some reason, I didn't have that in my notes. I knew he was an ambassador, but... Okay, uh, anything uh, else that you wanted to have maybe, on? Maybe he knows, maybe he knows Mirthrin's adoptive parents. It, it's quite possible, actually. Um, but okay. Uh, anything else you wanted to have on record there, Panek? Uh, nope, not right now, but later I have something. Okay. We turn to the other players. Does anyone else have anything they'd like to have on record? Nothing from the captain. Okay. Uh, nothing at this end. Block has wanted to do some research on Nezkov. Okay. It's the... No, is it the, the captain... God, Oh yeah, the gamma ray, the gamma species that was apparently bootstrapped into the Federation, strong armed into the Federation. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm kind of doing some simple research of that, but that doesn't turn anything up. I am doing some deep diving, possible hacking. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll put us actually back on the logo for this. Um, so I would say, Locke, uh, your research into Nezkov has yielded that it is a planet in the Beta Quadrant. Um, More specifically, it is on the opposite side of Klingon space from Earth. So if you remember the map, the Klingon Empire sort of dips down and the Federation just kind of goes around it. Um, 
So if you were to try and, you know, go from point A to point B between Earth and Nezkov, you'd have to cut across the Klingon Empire, or you'd spend about maybe a week, week and a half going around it. Um, but from what you're able to tell, uh, the records you're seeing are indicating that the Nezkovs were a very peaceful race. Um, they didn't really have, um, or maybe I should say they were fast-tracked into uh, the Federation, into becoming a member um, at their own request, and that they were specifically... How do I want to say this? They had very large uh, dilithium deposits, which were considered a boon to the nearby shipyards of the area. Um, and it's either because of the dilithium that they got fast-tracked or because um, the diplomats that were out there simply were able to make great headway in a short amount of time. Uh, but as you're probably expecting, there's not anything in there that says, hey, yeah, we parked a ship in orbit and threw photon torpedoes at them or, you know, things of that nature. It seems to be on the level. When that comes in, I want to kind of look and see if I can gain access to any of the internal kind of like news feeds, that uh, kind of civilian publications, news publications, and see what the the general public opinion was of joining the Federation, becoming it, and the speed of. Okay. Um, I would say simply due to the distance between you guys and the planet, um... That could very well take a, a couple weeks to get back to you. But it'll be one of those things where I give you sort of a data dump rather than, you know, a specific scene. Okay. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, I get that start in process. So that put the wheels in motion so I can kind of look a little deeper, dig through the information. All get right. as much information as I can so I can sift through an aggregate. Noted. Note for, look for patterns and details. They're implying they're bootstrapped. I want to know what uh, if there's any truth. All right. I believe that just leaves uh, Mirthrin. Do you have anything? <coughs> um, can't think of anything specifically. I mean, obviously he's a. I'd imagine pretty much the entire senior staff is sort of rather concerned about what they learned on the last mission. So he's like, I, I think. Off screen, he's probably like thinking, "Well, what's something I can do to try and shed some light on this?" And not coming up with much. Okay. Alrighty. Well, that being the case, uh, I think we're just going to go ahead and jump into uh, today's adventure proper. And I'll put us on the bridge for this, and we adjust the map, and I'll tell you what you're seeing. All right. So. Uh, you guys drop out of warp on the edge of the unnamed system here. And as you're reading on the sensors, and as you should expect, uh, this particular sector of space is devoid of, well, anything really. Uh, it is the epitome of empty space the way space should be. The nearest habitable world is two sectors over. And although there are some systems with Class Ds and some Class Ys, uh, nothing with people either on them or near them to anyone's knowledge. So 
This is, uh, what is it called? It's sort of like the salt flats that a lot of people use for the land speed record here on Earth. Uh, it's just a, a good open sort of corridor that you don't have a risk of running into anything or, you know, should you go out of control, you've got time, a lot of it actually, to get yourself back in control and decelerate kind of a thing. Um, but waiting for you, uh, sort of, uh, we'll say about uh, 20 kilometers off the, uh, the port bow, there is a Mogai class, or the Valdor class, whichever you prefer to think of it as, as well as a test ship. Now, uh, you already know what a Mogai or Valdor class looks like, but the test ship is not something you've really seen before. It's about the size of a Defiant class, so it's, it's pretty small, all things considered. It sort of resembles a tapered cylinder that's been cut off about midway to accommodate a sphere, which then connects to the classic Romulan, quote-unquote, bird-like prow. Now, the spear itself glows with a light blue hue that seems to dance across the surface. And even without, you know, active scanning, um, passive sensors would report that the new singularity core that the Romulans are here to test seems to be residing within that sort of spherical area. Shall I hail them, Captain? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Commander, please open hailing frequencies to the Mogai. Establishing hailing frequencies. All right, well, sure enough, uh, you're able to establish it no problem, and on screen is your good old pal, Commander, Commander Vetu. And uh, I would say from the last time you saw her, uh, like before she was in, I would say more military garb, like more official uniform, uh, this time she's in what I would describe as more of a diplomat's type ensemble. Um... She still has some trappings of the Romulan uniform, and by that I mean she probably still has the pointed shoulders. But it's definitely a different style of uniform. It's a lot less formal, um, almost as if... How do I want to say this? She's been put into a different type of command, if that makes any sense. Um Okay. But uh, when, you know, uh, screen is established and you can see each other, she says, Ah, Captain Skull, what a pleasure it is to see you in person once more. I trust your journey here was acceptable, yes? Likewise, Commander, it is good to see you again. Uh, our journey here has been uneventful, but I do look forward to catching up and seeing how things are going with with you and your crew. Um uh, out of game, is this the same Mogai class that we've worked with in the past, or is this a new ship? Uh, Vetu before was on a regular Bird of Prey, the okay, Dederix class. Okay. So, if this is her ship, it's entirely new to you guys. Fair enough. Uh, what is... Are you, uh, is this uh, your new command? Yes, I was given command of this ship shortly after our confrontation with the Tal Shiar. Uh, there were those in high command that believed we needed to not only assert our dominance and show that the Tal Shiar that we had capable officers, but that we also had capable ships of our own that we did not need to rely on Starfleet to handle internal affairs. Hmm. Okay, then congratulations are in order. 
what is the uh, schedule for the testing, and how would you like us to assist? The current plan, Captain, is that I will be joining you on your vessel along with several of my team. Uh, the test will go as such. The prototype will accelerate up to warp 5, which I guess out of character I should have said this, but um, obviously the prototype was not dragged out here. It got out here in its own power. So you would guess that it was at least able to make warp 5 without issue. Um, but that said, she says, so the prototype will accelerate to warp 5, and once everything is reading stable, we will begin ramping up the speed steadily until we reach a approximate speed of warp 9.975. After that, it's simply a matter of seeing how long it can go without uh, running into any problems, any stress, things of that nature. And... My team and myself will be observing this test. Uh, of course, your permission willing. Uh, we will be observing it from the Ophion's very bridge. I'm just going to hold a single finger up, uh, signaling to mute for a split second, because mm -hmm. my commander has just shown up beside me. Oh, right. just putting in a presence. Uh, oh. I've, yeah. I've got things to say after she's done and gone. Ah, uh, very well. Commander, the Ophion looks is the um, I and my and my crew look forward to hosting you and your delegation. Um, please transmit um, personnel and your anticipated schedule, as well as any dietary needs, and we will break out our best. Um, uh, uh, we'll break out our best uh, welcoming committee for you. So uh, you know she's not Vulcan, so it's not strange to see her crack a smile, and she says. Very well, Captain. I will do just that. I will see you shortly. And I look I'm, forward to it. I make it a point to smile even more or less when she <laughs> smiles. <laughs> oh, Lord. But yeah, the, uh, at that point, you know, communications are cut and you are free to talk as you wish. Interesting note, Captain. The Romulans, in a bid to not be outdone, are expediting their own propulsion research, considering their recent... QSD development and the discovery of the Tholian slipways. Yes, let us hope that let us uh, hope that they don't develop warbirds that can split into three. Otherwise, we may have to uh, file a patent lawsuit against their empire. Sona turns and says, "I'm sorry, sir. Was was that an attempted humor? That uh, wasn't Drake. an attempt. That wasn't an attempt, Lieutenant. That was a success." Drake will cut in. No, Sona, you, you're correct. That was an attempt. Sir, during these, this uh, meeting with the, with the commander, I believe this would be an opportune time to inquire as to the skirmish between the Romulans and the Klingons and the, Klingons and the DMZ. Of course. I'm very interested to hear what their take is, is on it as well. Uh, Lieutenant Locke, what sort of uh, readings do you have from their test ship? Well, I've been trying to avoid scanning too overtly. We don't want to be seen as uh, hostile, but I feel if with the Romulans kind of, if we have their permission, I will deep scan the crap out of it. We are here to observe, Lieutenant. They will be watching from our bridge, so consider this us gaining a very solid baseline scan of their systems. Alright. And I'm sure the Romulans expect us to be vigilant. Well, I'm sure they're already deep scanning us, too. 
Um, Join the flex test. Panek, Drake, ensure that our security systems are locked down and that our sensitive areas are secure for when the uh, Romulan guests come over. Their empire may be moving towards a more friendly, a more uh, friendly and stable situation. But you know, what's that phrase? Once bitten, twice shy. I uh, turn to Drake and nod and then say, "Security protocols." Sigma three five. Uh, I commander. I captain. All right, and I will apologize. It seems one of my neighbors is blasting music, and I'm trying to figure out where the hell they are so I can go yell at them later. Um, but in any case, uh, we need to do Locke's deep scanning of the prototype. So Locke, I think you know what you're rolling by now. It's a reason science, and the ship is assisting with sensor science. And uh, overall, the difficulty will only be a one. Okay, who's rolling for the ship? Uh, I'll roll for the ship. All right. Ooh, hey, Hello, moment. Three successes already. Good start. Um, ship is rolling. Sensor science. Uh, sensor science. Hey, another success. Look at that. Six. So three total momentum. So, Locke, uh, I'm just going to throw uh, some bits of information at you. And, of course, you can feel free to ask questions with momentum. And, actually, you're science officer, so you get a free question anyway. Um, the first thing you're going to notice is that the Singularity Core is a lot more active than the usual Singularity Core. So, for example... Uh, the quote-unquote classical Romulan core is an artificial black hole, uh, you know, a small little thing that they then um, sort of siphon off energy from. And since uh, the Singularity core is more or less stable, um, they don't really have to worry about containment too much. Um, but, you know, there are, of course, instances where, you know, containment is lost and the entire vessel just implodes on itself. Um what I'm trying to get at here is that this particular rift is more dampened than the previous ones you've seen. So either they've installed additional shielding around the reactor, uh, or they have found a way to increase their level of containment on the singularity. Um, what's the other thing I can tell you? Uh, based on the information you're seeing... You would guess, and of course this is a purely a guess, um, you're guessing that the singularity that's being tested might be about 10 times as effective as the classical black, or black hole uh, that the Romulans use. And I think that's all I'm going to give you before questions. Definitely seems to be a, a formidable upgrade in their, their ship's energy output. It's a very dramatic effect, improvement, although I, I definitely um, would be very worried if it um, if they had any problems. However, one of my one of my uh, questions, Lieutenant, is: Are they able to effectively maintain cloak while moving at such high velocity with this increased power consumption? Well, they may have, hmm. They've never been able to 
warp at high cloak, um, high warp at cloak, very effectively anyway. The the power drain is pretty much so the power um, increased power would be able to uh, amplify their cloaking field, but then it would be that much harder to hide the amplified power, power creating a kind of a contradiction almost a, a, a vicious feedback loop so I don't think it'd be any more efficient for them to travel at warp speeds while cloaked then again they might have found ways around that where I remember you do have the free question hmm is there anything in particular you want me to you're curious about captain Hmm. Curious about the war. I am curious about the cloak performance with such um, an energy uh, increase. Um, but that that would be my main one. Um, I'm also curious what effect their improved uh, power assist power source may have on their disruptors and other offensive capabilities. Yes, this could be the prototype bed for a fast attack craft. Since it's unable to effectively move cloaked at high speeds, it could move into a, a combat zone very, very fast and then redirect the unused power to their weapon systems. See, um, I think my question would be to scanning their uh, the power distribution grid and to mm -hmm. see if the, the extra power from the warp core seems to be just focused the engines or if it seems to be able to relay elsewhere. Well, uh, your scans of the Romulan equivalent of EPS conduits basically yields that this entire prototype seems to be devoted to the test of the singularity. So you're not detecting uh, anything more than a basic cloak. You're not detecting anything more than light defensive weaponry. So, you know... I, I'm trying to remember what class of phaser they are or disruptor, but um, not enough to actually, you know, cause damage to a ship with shields, you know, enough to like shoot rocks out of the sky and uh, basically shoot down uh, any pop missiles. guns. Yeah, pop guns. Um, you're also not seeing um, any really other technology that would stick out to you. Like you're not seeing. Um, say a uh, a new transporter or a new uh, say uh, what's what's the system I was thinking of a moment ago? Um, not cloak. Uh, well, it's slipping my mind, but basically you're not detecting you know multiple systems being tested here. Yeah, no, Captain. It seems extremely focused on just the warp, the the the, the singularity core. And any other systems seem to almost be deliberately absent. Makes sense. It is a test vehicle after all. M Merthrin would opine on the dangers of pushing the envelope for a singularity core that far, but then he's seen the schematics for the galaxy class. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one very important bit of information I think I've neglected to say is that the prototype is manned. Uh, it does have a crew of about 10 individuals. Okay. Um, I'm just going to look over my shoulder at Commander Panek. I understand that this is a 
potentially uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for diplomatically uh, sensitive area but I wonder at what point the Romulans and Vulcans schismed did the Romulans look at a black hole and say you know we can probably go faster than light with that thing I believe it stems from their aggressive nature to try and tame something so destructive as a black hole mm. quite uh Quite egotistical of them, sir. Yeah, to be fair, we throw antimatter at matter and hope it doesn't blow up the entire ship, so we're no we're no less uh, we're no less innocent of uh, playing with destructive forces for our own means, I suppose. I just wondered if thought it had something to do with the availability of dilithium crystals in that region of the galaxy. And without without the ready access to that, they just made do with what they could. That's an interesting hypothesis. Um, while while all all of them are talking, Drake is head down, just tapping on his console, and then just kind of chimes up. But the singularity does make a pretty explosion when you blow it up. Implosion, <laughs> Mister Drake. It's the opposite. It's, it is pretty though, but this implosion, is explosion. He just kind of shrugs with one shoulder and keeps working on his, his console. A very slight Vulcan smile in my eyebrows is appears as I'm just tapping away on my console, ignoring the two. Uh, the eyebrows raise a fraction of an inch. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the, bridge, the bridge is yours, Mr. Panek. I'm going to my ready room to prepare and see if uh, Prague has any fr uh, fresh... Uh, product from his still that we could try to impress the Romulans with. It's no Romulan ale, but we'll see what we'll see what we can do to make their stay a pleasant one. Hi, hi, Captain. So right as we shift screens and Captain, you would hear probably the beginning of this as you walk into your ready room. Uh, Prag comes over the comm and says, you want what? No, we're not ready. What? Do you want to serve them piss in a bottle? And that's where we're going to change scenes. <laughs> um, well. So let's see. We'll put the captain in his ready room. And where did I put Vetu? There's Vetu. Alright. So unless anyone had any pressing things they wanted to get out of the way right before the Romulans arrive, we'll just sort of skip ahead a little bit. And, uh, you know, probably about 30 minutes to an hour later, Captain, uh, your door does chime. Come in. So in steps uh, Commander Vetu. Uh, she is being escorted by two security uh, personnel, but they do kind of leave her at the door. And uh, Vetu walks over and sort of extends a hand across the desk and a, uh, a human gesture of uh, shaking hands. And she says, Did, uh, sorry, uh, Captain, I trust everything is well with you. Commander, I. I take the hand warmly and not smile and commander I'm I sincerely apologize I was not informed of your intention to beam aboard my ship so early I, th I would have met you at the transporter room I uh, nod for the security personnel to leave All right. so uh, she again smiles and uh, unless you stop her she'll kind of sit down yep. across from you and say I thought it best to not announce my arrival I did not want to interrupt your uh, ship's ongoing operations. 
Well, you know I would have made any time for you, Commander. But you're here now. Can I offer you a beverage? Uh, no thank you. I did want to get to two matters of business, if that is quite all right. Very well. I'll, uh, lean back a bit and steep my fingers. What, what sort of business are we, are you interested in? Uh, the first is, I believe there is a human expression known as an NDA. Ah, yes. Uh, how much information are we allowed to talk about about this test to fellow powers, etc.? Uh, somewhere across the sector, Ferengi's ears have twitched at the mention of an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Vetu, uh, you know, continues to smile and say, well, of course, we're not going to stop you from, uh, keeping whatever sensor logs that you may take. We simply ask that you do not go broadcasting this information to the Ferengi or the Klingons. Of course not. We're here at your request and we, I'm honored and I'm honored to be here with you and I will keep whatever information uh, we obtain as secure as possible. Wonderful. Then uh, I think it's worthy, or not worthy, uh, it is worth me saying that the crew of the prototype vessel is extremely loyal to the Romulan Star Empire. And although this might seem rather inhuman, as I believe the expression is, uh, they are quite ready to give their lives if something goes wrong with the test bed. I understand. That is the nature of most people who take uh, such uh, adrenaline-filled roles. Personally, I hope it doesn't come to it. Indeed. We have specifically picked this area of space, as it is devoid of pretty much everything and should allow us to regain control over any abnormalities or uh, systems spiraling out of control. There is another question that I have to ask, um, Commander. Um, roughly two months ago, Federation time, there was a bit of a dust-up in the corridor between the Klingons and the Romulans. Do you know anything about that? She gives a very deep sigh, and she goes, Somehow I knew you would ask about this, but I unfortunately still don't know quite how to respond. I believe it is the official position of my government and the Klingon government that the other side fired first. Uh, however, I myself was not privy to any of the sensor data from that event, uh, it was not in my need to know. Therefore, mm. I know about as much of it as you might. All right. Yes, I'm afraid our sensors were also... Our sensor records were also corrupted during the incident. It's, it's a mystery, I must say. I was hoping you would have some light to shed on it. Oh, well. It is what it is. If I may say, Commander, that uniform does look quite fetching on you. You've earned, uh, you, it seems to suit you far better than that of your strict military command. She kind of looks down at it and remarks, Ah, well, this would be the equivalent of Starfleet's blue uniform, I believe. This is the, ah, science. yes, it is the uniform of a Romulan commander who is in charge of a science operation. 
And do you find that it suits you better than command of a military vessel? I seem to enjoy it a lot more. Uh, there's certainly a, loss, a lot less job stress, that's for sure. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh. Uh, but please, I'm interested to hear more about what's been going on in your life in the Romulan Empire since we last spoke in person. And I'm more than happy to fade to black at this point that's... unless there's any... Actually, exactly what I was going to do. So, uh, while the captain is chatting up Vetu, we're going to cut to main engineering. And let me see whose tokens do I have there at the moment. Uh, Locke can be there if you want, but otherwise I was just going to say it's going to be the engineers. Uh, so, let's see. So, uh, Mirthrin, you're having your daily stand-up meeting with, uh, you know, the big wigs in engineering. And... Uh, you know, you're just now getting data from the bridge about the prototype ship. And uh, Prague just sort of looks at the data, looks at you, Mirthrin, looks at Zenixia, looks back at the data, then says, uh, Lieutenant, Commander, what the hell are they trying to pull here? Th this is not a singularity anymore. This is like... Well, you could probably power a forklift strong enough to move my wife. Oh, sorry, sorry. My my cat's just discovered bubble wrap. Oh God. Okay. <clears throat> um. There's yeah, so, a sort of start to sort of defend Prague's wife's honor and then think better of it. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I have to admit, this is this is dangerous stuff. I mean. Obviously, the Federation's pushed the envelope with antimatter reactions before, but if that goes wrong, or you get a large explosion, I mean, if this, this goes wrong, I mean, I can see this causing subspace fractures out to a parsec, at least. And uh, Zenixia chimes up and says, uh, a bit farther than that, I believe, uh, Lieutenant Commander Mirthrin. Um I, I honestly think that if this thing goes up, we're talking a... Not a light year, but at least a third of a light year, perhaps, maybe more. Hmm. Because hmm, I, I, I can see why they had to select the crew. Yes, I'm. I'm curious about that. Uh, of course, I'm not able to really get a sense of them this far away, but why would? anyone knowingly give their lives for a simple experiment like this why would you not make it an automated ship yeah, that's what i was wondering as well i mean this is absolutely the sort of thing where you would use an unmanned drone first i mean i i, I can imagine maybe the permutations of the, like the singularities fluctuations need to be constantly monitored but even then you'd want to do it from a distance or at the very least, run it in low power mode the first couple of times. Prague just sort of scoffs and says, uh, maybe it's because they don't trust us to, uh, you know, be forthright and, uh, oh god, what's the word? Uh, forthright and, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. I I'm good with the engineering. I'm not good with the words. Yeah, I was feeling paranoid. I'd almost wonder whether they had an ulterior motive to all, to this test. I mean, they're Romulans, sir. I mean, might as well ask them if their favorite color is blue. Of 
course they're gonna lie about it. Yeah, Milton's gonna try and process that for a bit and then give up. <laughs> Prag just looks around and says, "What? I I thought that was a fairly clear example." Example. Well, well, yes, but I mean, wouldn't their favorite color be green? Ah, green, blue. What's the difference? Us Tellarites are colorblind anyway. I I I did not know that. Prag just kind of looks at you, very questioning, like. We've served together for a year and a half. Have you not noticed me messing up blues and greens before? I I honestly thought you just weren't paying attention. No, it's because I can't tell what the bloody colors are. That's why I say we should put stripes, not different colors. Stripes. All right. Uh, sort of like he was sort of reaching over a pen. Uh, add that to the to-do list. All right. This is what Mithrin gets for being too polite to inquire. <laughs> Alright, and uh, at this point we're going to cut away from engineering and I have to see where I put people. Uh, question, Drake, where would you be at the current moment? Um, Probably on the bridge still. I mean, if it's my shift, that's where I'll most likely be. Alright, so not Gamma Bridge, regular bridge. Alright, adjust the map for the stream and move some tokens around. Alright, so Skull's no longer there. Panek probably has the big chair. Alright, so Drake, um, well actually I guess Lock 2 because you're both Intel. I gotta remember that. Um, I guess my question for the both of you is... Um, do you maybe tap into your Intel background to gather additional data about the prototype? Um, personally, I think that's a no-brainer, but, you know, I'm not playing your characters, so that's why I gotta ask. I mean, I, I don't see why I wouldn't. <clears throat> or at least, if nothing else, to... Um, uh... Yeah, I guess just tap into it just to find out if they know anything about it or if they knew about it to begin with. Okay. Uh, how did I want to do this? Ah, yes. So, the records or information you're requesting is going to be pretty well classified. And I would say that your initial response that you get is that you are not cleared for this, but you might be able to give a very good argument uh, otherwise. Um, besides the argument of, I'm currently staring at it, please tell me more. Yeah, it's almost as if someone at uh, Starfleet Intelligence or whoever's happening to manning the comm that day uh, feels like uh, being a prick about security levels. Hmm. Interesting. Um, trying to think of how I want to do this without being like uh, really bad. Um, is it a normal intelligence officer or is it one of like my handler type people or just some random schlub sitting at a desk. I would say the latter. Okay. 
Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh. I could try to logic him, but logic doesn't work on humans. <laughs> no. So I was trying to think of what I know does work on humans, which is bribery. But I, I if it's some random schlub that I don't know, don't know his name, don't know anything about him, then, um, yeah, I, I don't know if if it's if it's it, sealed at a high enough clearance. The economy, so I can't give him money. If it's sealed at a high enough clearance, then somebody who is extremely high level already knows about it and knows more about it than we're being told. Uh, is that a a fair assumption? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Uh, Locke, would you try it all, or would this purely be a Drake endeavor? Uh, Locke is doing something else. Alright, what is Locke doing? Locke is paranoid. Mm -hmm. He's, uh, as always. Um, so, he's going to launch a couple probes as kind of a Let's get a different couple sensor angles so we can monitor it from different angles and I can have the probe set up to to look for different things mm -hmm. and monitor different uh, frequencies all at the same time to ensure everyone's safety. But he's also positioning the probe so they can continually scan the Prometheus at the same time um, so that they can, if, if anything bad happens, they can prove... That the Prometheus wasn't doing what they're accusing us of because we have yeah. sensor logs from like yeah. different probes. He does. I think we all know what he meant. Uh, okay. Um, just out of curiosity, it's, it's a Titanic and Olympic situation. They got switched at birth. <laughs> um, just out of curiosity, uh, would you be using probes that are capable of warp, or is this purely a uh, stationary type setup? I'll have one setup as a kind of a stationary thing that should be monitoring things from the one state location. Another one that's uh, capable of warp that's able to kind of follow us if we move. Okay. Um, again, I don't have probe chart in front of me, so I'll just assume that probably about ah, probably around about warp eight, warp nine, uh, your probe network will begin to drop away. Because to my knowledge, I don't think there are any probes rated for nine point nine seven five. They can do, like, fast bursts, I believe, yeah. Right. It's, it's always kind of boggles our mind that probes can go at warp speed. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's kind of insane. But then we also have to remember photon torpedoes are essentially traveling it faster than impulse, so... Uh, and we have, if, I, if I remember correctly, I think basically the way the probes work is they can't really start, they can't really jump to warp, but if you're in warp and then you drop them, they can, like, maintain a warp field long enough to sort of coast at warp to... That sounds about right. Yeah, it's whatever technobabble explanation you have for relativity not uh, not kicking in. Anyway, yeah, so it's, I have the, the probe set there so they can kind of monitor the situation regularly, but also have kind of a a, uh, a, 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 a kind of a memory set, uh, yeah, set up so that it records what's happening with the Ophion as well. Because I'm pretty sure, you know, it's Locke's like, they're inviting us to this. We're probably being set up for something. Because that's what Romulans do. Because they're sneaky. It's a fair assumption. They want to discredit us. So I want to be able to be like, nope, I have proof. And that's right. my preparation. And it is so now noted. Okay. 
Alright, uh, does anyone else have any scenes they'd like to get out of the way before, I suppose, uh, we cut to the conference room where, uh, the commander is going to go over some additional things with the senior staff, unless Skull would prefer her not to. Oh no, this is her show. Okay. Um, I'd like to be in the R&D room, just walking into it real quick. Okay, sure, let me, uh... Find where that is. By room, I mean lab. <laughs> yeah, let me see. Uh, put you momentarily in the duck. Oh, you lost since he was the duck, apparently. Uh, all right, there. Uh, oh, yeah, I have not cleaned up this map in a while. These people are no longer here. And Locke is no longer here. Yeah, he will be in a minute. Yeah. I... Let's see. Where did I put Panak? Oh, that's, that's your old token. Where's your new token? There's your new token. Alright, you step into the lab. I uh, dismiss any ensigns and all other personnel that are inside of it, so that I'm just alone. Well, as it so happens, uh, this lab has actually not seen any use since Maddox sort of got transferred. Uh, I'll hit my badge. Uh, Commander Pinnack to Lieutenant Locke. Please meet me in the R&D lab. Did we lose Locke? Well, that was I muted great. for a change. Yeah, I hit my badge and immediately head down there. Alright. So... Alright, as he steps in, I'm facing away from him with my back to him, hands behind my back, and in my hands is the, is the pad I was typing the message on. Okay. Uh, Mr. Locke, I'm unsure if you're aware of this, but... Due to the type of man Mr. Mad Commander Maddock was, he installed specific security parameters for his this lab. Uh, and then I'll go, computer, engage whisper mode. And then just a slight shift in lighting. And then I'll say to Locke, um, this, this lab is now um, completely uh, immune to all sensors and outside communications. Yes, uh, I think I've heard him refer to... Her, um, heard him refer to it once as the Cone of Silence, although I, I, the reference has lost him. As me as well. And I'll turn and turn to you and hand you the pad. This is a message for Diplomat Bolit on Vulcan. Uh, it contains a seemingly innocuous message. However, in an underlying encryption layer is the true message, the key to which is the reply to a phrase I've hidden in the surface message. I require your particular talents, Mr. Locke, to make sure this is transmitted and reaches Dip Diplomat Valid unmolested and outside of the normal Starfleet communicate protocols. Can you make that happen? So, yeah, it shouldn't be too, problem, uh, too much of a problem to embed the layer in kind of a, a metadata layer several layers down. However, you are managed, able to do so. Uh, I also would like to ask you, I would be most gratif uh, um, gratified if you could use your own particular resources in determining the, how should I say, the situation at Theta Cygni 12. Right, sir. I will begin looking into the matter. Thank you very much, Lieutenant. 
Is there anything I can help you with? No. Um, in, in full disclosure, sir, I, I, I had been looking into the matter a little bit on Theta Signi already, so it's nice to have some official sanctioning to do this. Are you... Was there anything you you were able to discover that I should be aware of? Not as yet. I've focused on some of the other information that the uh, Captain Harlock said to us, and I'm still um, examining things. It's, it's uh, there's a lot of things we heard in hearsay, so I'm trying to verify one point he said. And if that turns out to be true, then it'll definitely be a bit more. Um, It'll give us more veracity to his other statements. Verification is an annoying process when your own people stand against you and and delay and prevent you from inquiring. Suffice uh, hence why I've come to you. I will get to work on that and also work on encrypting this message. But try not to encrypt it too much that it will be unable for your recipient to unlock it. I I am I have faith in his abilities. He will he will receive my clue and, and be keyed into what to do. Uh, if that is all, Lieutenant, you are dismissed. Hi, Commander. Computer disengage whisper mode. Slab of course powers on down and And I'll turn my back around to him and clasp my hands behind my back uh, as he walks out and that's it. And Drake, I did see your whisper. Uh, that is so noted. All right. Uh, anyone else have anything before the meeting? All right, then. We will cut to the conference room. All right. So uh, all the senior staff is present, uh, which just actually happens to be all the player characters at this point. Uh, Sona is going to be handling the bridge if it matters, but... Uh, Anyway, you all kind of come into the conference room, and uh, Commander Vetu is sort of waiting at the end of the desk and is waiting for uh, the captain's permission to go ahead and start speaking. Hmm. Commander Vetu, you remember my officers from our last meeting? Uh, please, enlighten us on the nuances of this test, please. Of course. Uh, and she looks at Drake and says, I must say, though, uh, you're a new face. Oh, apologies. Lieutenant Drake is my new tactical officer, re recently promoted to the position. Hmm, I see. Well, in any event, and uh, she kind of comes over to the screen over here behind you guys, and some of you have to kind of swivel around. And uh, the screen activates, a bit, and it begins to show a simulation of the uh, prototype craft and it accelerating to warp 9.975. And she explains... The Singularity Core is tuned for high warp at long speeds, not unlike your Prometheus class and your Sovereign class. It is our hope that the overall cruising speed of this Singularity Core will now be at a warp 8, rather than our previous limitation of warp 6. Uh, however, there are some very important features I need to point out. And uh, she taps another button on the com or the screen and it specifically zooms in on the sphere portion of the vessel and she says the sphere here that contains the artificial singularity is specifically designed to decouple from the larger vessel if need be 
however, this is very much a one-time thing. Once the core has been split off from the rest of the ship, there's a window of approximately one minute for anyone to get out of range, and at that point, uh, the Singularity Core is automatically designed to shut itself down. And if that involves needing to self-detonate, it is so programmed to do so. Hmm. Very well. If it is acceptable to you, Commander, we'd like to, I'd like the Ophion to fly alongside uh, your test ship so that, if necessary, we can at least attempt a beam out of the personnel. That uh, is the plan, uh, Captain. Uh, however, Excellent. we will be keeping, or at least we call for, the Ophion maintaining a distance of about 50 kilometers. That way uh, you are close enough to get readings, but at the same time you are not sharing the same warp bubble. That's acceptable. Uh, one other thing. Excuse me. And this time when she taps the screen, it changes to a schematic of the... Uh, what is it called? Um, the deflector dish. And she says, Although we have a much higher warp capability, we are also interested in seeing if our tweaks to our typical deflector dish are at all going to be useful at higher warps. The science checks out, but as they say, or at least I believe humans do anyway, that uh, you don't really know if something will work until you try it for the first time. Mm. There was a question raised. Why are we using a manned vessel instead of a drone? Well, that much is, I would think, self-evident, but the reason, Captain, is that we need split-second decision-making uh, at the quote-unquote scene of the crime. Uh, we initially tried using computer systems, automation, AI, holograms, and in all of our testing, it was discovered that the living being, the living individual, had a better reaction time and a better course of action that they took than the artificial intelligence did. Very well. And uh, that too just kind of taps the screen and again it goes dark and she sits back down and says, I believe that's all the presentation I had. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. I'm, yeah, I don't have anything on my side. Um, Merthrin, Locke, Renek, Drake. Uh, one small question. I don't want to get uh, particularly preachy or accusatory, but I'm assuming the, the Romulans got the Federation's reports on the potential damage to subspace from warp travel, which our newer engines are designed to uh, mitigate or stop. Have the Romulans, is, is this core, will that be doing a, a similar uh, a job of maintaining or limiting the damage to subspace? That is the hope, yes. Yeah. In addition to high speed, it'll also be more efficient. Okay. Commander Vetsu, we seem to have a more established relationship with you than we have any other Romulan. So I may be inappropriate in asking this, but what is the Romulan's take on the Tholian's development of slipway technology? 
It is troubling, to say the least. Uh, however, uh, while I don't know the position of my government, I can say for at least myself and several other captains and commanders that until the Tholians decide to invade us across Federation space, it's not really our concern. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember we uh, broadcast their technology when their ship was bearing down on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they right. were not happy about that. No, they weren't. But that's what they get for trying to destroy us. <laughs> I, I mean, that is fair. They did they did lock weapons on us before we broadcast the information. Yeah, I gave them a chance to back down. They chose not to. Anyways, back to topic at hand. And how uh, how many personnel will we be expecting on board the Ophion during this observation period? Uh, myself and three others. Uh, the three others uh, should be interfacing with your bridge staff at the moment and calibrating the sensor arrays to track the prototype craft. I make eye contact with Drake and nod subtly to him to have him uh, kind of... That's my signal to go behind her, her people and kind of to double-check them. Yep. Splendid. I look forward to seeing where this where this test might lead. If there's nothing else, Commander? Gentlemen? Nothing for me, Captain. Very well. Have yourself dismissed. Alright. So, we uh, now cut to the bridge. And uh, this will be a scene change, so you're going to want to lose one momentum here. And uh, let me get everyone's token situated again. So Captain's back in center chair. Uh, question, I guess, from Mirthrin. Um, would you remain on the bridge for the duration of the test, or would you be in main engineering? Hmm. Probably the bridge, because he is actually interested to see how this plays out. Alrighty, so you're going to be at the engineering station on the bridge. Uh, Vetu will be not behind you, but at the station next to you, kind of hovering over an ensign um, and just sort of observing the data. And, you know, a couple minutes pass as everyone looks at the data and Vetu says, we're ready to begin, Captain, whenever you are. Very well. Helm, bring us alongside their test vessel at a distance of 65 kilometers and match their course and speed. Done, sir. Commander Vet, Commander Vetu, the show is yours. This is Commander Vetu to prototype. Please begin program Theta Seven Four. And sure enough, the prototype vessel begins to spool up, and it jumps to warp. And seconds, if not milliseconds later, uh, Sona gets the Ophion going right alongside it. So uh, as I did state before, initially the prototype comes to about warp five and. Everything's checking out, uh, Vatu reports. Uh, I'm not seeing any abnormalities, and everything seems to be normal. I believe we are ready to accelerate beyond warp 5. Very well. Lock, ensure that the sensor network's in place. Uh, transporter room. Uh, Lieutenant Chistalik, please ensure that you have a lock on all, crew mem- on all the Romulan crew members for as long as possible. And it re- uh, the uh, Zindi reports, uh, of course, sir, right away. And uh, one of these days, I'll actually get a buzz kind of voice for him. But today is not that day. Um, So the prototype 
uh, you know, begins to accelerate even faster and faster and faster. And the Ophion doesn't really have a problem keeping up. And it gets to about warp nine. And everything's still green. Um, obviously, both warp engines on both vessels are beginning to show small amounts of strain that you would expect from high warp like this. Oh, hold on. Everything's within uh, well within safety margins currently, Captain. Fast. Glad to hear it. Mirthrin, everything looking good over there? Yep, all readings as expected so far. Excellent. Sorry about that. Thank you for filling the void. Um, so at this point, uh, Vetu uh, comes to the prototype again and says, you are now clear for warp 9.975, Captain. And of course, the prototype goes even faster. Let's keep up with it. Yeah. So, I... oh, someone had something maybe. I recommend uh, moving five kilometers farther back. We're definitely getting a little bit of warp wake from their, their travel. Very well. Make the adjustment, Sona. Aye, sir. And uh, about, I would say, minute, minute and a half later, uh, both vessels are going 9.975. And I don't think I need to tell you that that is probably the fastest uh, any ship in the Alpha Quadrant and Beta Quadrant is able to go, uh, short of using QSD or Transwarp. So... Yeah, so. You so are you the are fastest thing out there at the moment. 9.974, 9.975. All right. Engines are maxed out. Well, I'd call that a success for, successful test, commanders. That's They're uh, still holding together. I stand behind Lieutenant Locke, and I was going to ask the same thing. I missed the question. What was that? I was asking, if it, I was asking the EGM if it's still holding together and what the... Oh. Uh, again, I would say everything does seem to be green. Uh, obviously at warp 9.75, there are causes or there are problems with the, um, containment integrity. So, I mean, the reason you can't just constantly... The, the, the Ophion superstructure is probably starting to vibrate very slightly. Very slightly, yeah. It's one of those things where you start to have to worry about micro-fractures, and if you go for long enough, then they're actual fractures, so... I mean, there's a reason why you don't always go 9.75. Everything's trembling and shaking that little bit. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit. Uh, sort of, sort of like, as Mundley runs his hand on the edge of the console. Easy there. Uh, Commander Veto, I believe that we can safely, that we can call this test a success and bring it to a close. Yes, Captain. I, and as soon as that happens, there is an immediate rock of the ship. And the red alert is automatically switched on. And you all are flung about violently as the inertial dampers uh, fail to deal with the strain. And uh, all of a sudden, consoles begin sparking. Um, you know, besides you all being thrown to your feet, uh, oh, thrown out of your chairs. The, the camera crew is tilting the camera at 45 degrees to the side. <laughs> exactly. Report! Uh, Sona says, we, sir, a rogue planet has materialized in the path of the prototype in the Ophion. I'm engaging emergency braking so that we do not collide with the planet. I'm sorry, a rogue what? I'm at the console next to Locke, going through damage reports and such. Question, question later, respond now. Break, abort the test, abort the test. 
Yeah, so Vetu, yeah, so Vetu uh, uh, begins screaming like, uh, Captain, you need to slow down now. But as the Ophion decelerates, the prototype seems to speed up. And you see on the view screen as it begins to fall out of view because it's going faster than you. But it gets out to just the very edge of the vision. Like it's just almost like a speck among all the specks. And then it explodes spectacularly in a uh, sort of a purple bluish uh, maybe pink hue of spiraling energy. And because it is so close to you all, there's another rock of the ship as the Ophion crew is thrown this way and that. And it is a harrowing series of about 15 seconds where you're not sure if the ship is going to come apart. That's how violently it's being thrown about. But uh, after about a minute of this, everything comes to a stop. And there's just some sort of uh, coolant leaking from the ceiling in several places. Uh, most of the consoles have been either burnt out or knocked offline. And you are only dealing with emergency lighting at the moment. So I'm going to sort of like cough, sort of clear some of the coolant out of his face. Uh, Damage report. Go goes to the console, realizes it's offline, and then goes to his combat. <laughs> Prag, what's happening down there? You actually do not get a response in your combat. He gives the signal that comms are offline. None of the comms off your work? Nope. And Methanol sort of like go to sort of start ripping the guts out of his console and try and like hack together a direct. I was going to say the same thing. Like just start popping open access panels and trying to hotwire my console. All right. Captain Scalda, anyone. Unfortunately, uh, comms are down for you as well. Grand. Is everybody okay? Um, so far, we appear to be. Um, permission to head to uh, head down to engineering, sir. Absolutely. Lieutenant Suna, you're with me. Merthrin. And then I'll walk over to Jeffrey's too. On my way. Pull the door open to get access to the uh, <coughs> to the hatchway. Is. I, I pull out my uh, Vanessa my tricorder and immediately take a quick scan to see if there's what I can get from like anywhere else in the ship to see if it's just us or. So um, I would say you're getting the sense that there are life signs elsewhere on the vessel, but the limited range of the tricorder is such that um, you're not able to determine a whole lot. Um, you would detect, I suppose, that the main engine, the main warp core, would appear to be offline and that you're running on uh, either alpha or beta sections warp core, or you're just purely on emergency power. It's it's something you're not really able to determine one way or the other. Captain, getting very limited power readings. We're very likely on emergency power uh, and, and emergency life support. We might want to get the engines restarted quickly or see if we can get down to one of the other engineering sections and power up uh, one of the backup reactors. Understood. Um, I'm going to unbuckle myself from the harnesses that automatically kicked in on the commander's seat, um, run over to where Commander Vetu is, and motion for Drake to check on our the other Romulans. They were probably not all that well secured during that. Make sure yeah, everyone's alright. Uh, I would say of the three Romulans that were also on the bridge, uh, I probably should have put tokens down, but a little late now. Um, of the three Romulans besides Vetu, uh, two of them are knocked out cold. A, uh, a very basic inspection would show that they have concussions. 
And the third is sporting a nasty burned arm and is currently leaning up against one of the consoles. Uh, Captain Argus, uh, two unconscious, looking like concussed. Third, uh, I'll admit her. Administer? That word. Um, (laughs) uh, Emergency medical services. Well. um, Let's see, I'm... Okay. okay, now that we've got our feet about us... an emergency cranial nerve exam on and, Lieutenant Frank. And who, um, who left with Panek? Uh, um, so, not... so, so, uh, if somebody wants to take the con eventually when we get it back. Uh, Locke, what the heck just happened? I... All my consoles are down. I didn't have... I was looking at the, the Romulan ship. I have no idea. So, uh... uh Actually, Locke, as you say that, one of your consoles does start to flicker to life. I mean, the keyword there is flicker, so it's just on and off, on and off. But you might be able to get some readings off of it. Uh, Drake, do you um, do you have your standard issue phaser on you? Always. Uh, can you pass it here, please? Um, and I'll, while I'm helping the uh, Raman, I'll actually just huck it across the, the bridge to lock. All right. If I wire this into the console, I might be able to get a little extra power to get a, uh, get a quick reading. So I try to jury-rig the phaser into the console to get a kind of a stabilizer so we can get a, a better view of what just happened. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, let's see. I suppose this is going to be either a, a control or a daring plus engineering. I'm leaning towards daring, but I will take arguments for control. Um, let's make this... Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, no, daring sounds way better because of the nature of what he's trying to use as a battery. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, let's do daring then. And uh, I was hoping let's... for control, but I'll take daring. Okay, Okay, <laughs> never mind. Control <laughs> is what we need because that is the money step. <laughs> oh boy. Uh yeah, let's do daring engineering. Uh difficulty I'll two. convincingly argue for whichever is convenient at the time. Yeah. Right. Uh gadgeteering kind of focus at least. Yeah, I'll let that happen. What's the difficulty I'm shooting for? I can sure wire this up and pretty good. And be useful if Mathron was here with his jury rigging. Yeah. Difficulty? Just two. Just two? Uh, we have two momentum. Uh, I'm going to blow one of our momentum, I guess. Uh... Get that extra die. Nope. No. Uh, I will give you an option here. That may succeed at cost, but... I will either be taking a complication or getting to threat. I can, yep. Yeah, um, I'll take the succeeded cost. Maybe my console burns out. Possibly. Yeah. So, Locke, here's what you're going to get as you jury rig the phaser to power your console. You're going to get a couple things. And remember, you do have a free question. First thing is that you are, in fact, able to confirm the main warp core is offline. You're not able to determine what the problem is from here, but you're pretty sure that it is, like, offline for good. 
um, it's going to require a full restart to get back up and running, which is a pretty lengthy process. Um, the other thing which you'd notice is that the only working sensor array is the one on the dorsal part of the alpha section. Every other sensor array has either been damaged or is un is otherwise not being responsive. And, and, uh, and I'd imagine that one only survived because it's more or less shielded by the bulk of the ship in full mode. Probably. Um, and what you are able to determine, which is probably a good thing, um, is that you did not hit the supposed rogue planet that materialized in your path. Uh, however, you are able to confirm that the rogue planet is uh, off the starboard bow. And you're not in any danger of falling into the gravitational well, but it is just kind of sitting out there. And I think the last thing you get before the complication is that you're unable to tell where you are in space. Like, obviously, you could guesstimate based on your last course and speed prior to the braking, but it would still very much be a guess. And that's when your console quite literally goes up in a puff of smoke. And for all intents and purposes, until it is repaired, the science station, as well as ops, is now no longer operable. Okay. Uh, it's, yeah, no idea of our fixed position. We'll probably have to get to Gamma, um, to Beta or Alpha's warp reactor going, and... Oh, God damn it. And you all right, Lock? Mercury and Justin fixing up the chip, Captain? I what? hate being blind. Um, is, I'm a, is the view screen working, or is it completely dead? Uh, it is actually cracked. Damn it, when we... That thing survived so many encounters, too. It's a good thing uh, it's not a, a giant open window to space, because that would be incredibly stupid. That would be. <laughs> uh, Starfleet has learned a lot from er, original designs. Hmm. Um. Uh, let, let's see. Currently, people on the bridge right now are me, Locke, and Drake. <sighs> Is Vetu still there as well? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah well, Vetu's still there, but she's not an officer. Um, right. And we have uh, any. Uh, we have no means of communicating with the rest of the ship. All right. Uh, Captain takes a seat at helm just in case. Something has to happen. Mm -hmm. um, Locke will move to communications. Yeah. Uh, Locke, Drake, the second communications come back online, get the uh, get a crew to the Valkyrie and, and launch the shuttles. Start de start deploying a sensor net with hopefully some computer systems that are actually functional. And I pass Drake as drain phaser. Yeah. And Commander... Commander Vetu, I am sincerely apo I sincerely apologize for the inconvenience. Um, if you'd like, you can, you and your crew can re relax in my ready room for the moment while we sort this out. It's all the same to you, Captain. I think I'd be better served here. Uh, very well. I are you able to establish a comm link back to your ship? Uh, I haven't tried yet, but I certainly can. And uh, she very unceremoniously kind of shoes the ensign away that was there. And she takes a seat herself and tries to do a little bit of work and says, 
Uh, either Starfleet has changed how it does standard communications, or we're not getting anything past a light year. Well, I'm hoping that your ship will eventually f figure out something is wrong and come and investigate. In the meantime, folks, sit back and let's see what we can do from here and hope that the engineering can get us up and running. Did we get anything about the Romulan ship? Did it hit the planetoid or did it just speed on? Yeah, we that, did see it explode. Yeah, so you did see it explode, but your sensors as they are, you don't really know the answer to that. All right, so we're going to uh, cut to main engineering, where I'm, if I heard right, it's Panek, uh, Sona, and Mirthrin walking in. Walking in. Yep, so sort of pulling open the doors, making sure everyone's actually still alive down there. Hey, there's everyone in the bar. Yeah, I really got to move some of these maps around so it's a little bit easier for us to switch between them. Uh, in any event, uh, all of you walk into main engineering at this point, and you see that Prague is already shouting orders at people to repair things. Um, the Probably the most uh, noticeable thing is that the warp core is, again, completely offline. It's not humming. humming. It is completely gray and just not, not showing any light whatsoever. Yeah, of Senior chief report. wasn't on the bridge when they found out that. He'll sort of come and see them and go, oh, oh, that that is not good. Uh, oh, that that is going to take the better part of 24 hours to get started again. <laughs> and Prague just again goes, <laughs> no, uh, it's worse than that, sir. Uh, all the, uh, all the uh, oh wait, no, don't, don't tell me the the antimatter reaction's completely shut down. Indeed, sir. We're looking at at least a week's worth of work just to get it back online. Oh. All right. Well, is that the worst of the news, at least? Well, I mean, I guess that depends. Dep ah, depends on whether or not you considered needing to replace the dilithium crystals. Good or bad news? It's not like we don't have backups, but ones that were in there are completely shattered. Yeah, comms are down across the whole ship as well. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Let's first work on getting internal systems restored. I need to know if people on the ship are injured or if there are, it's a giant breach in the hull. Yeah, yeah, then we really want power uh, to the internal sensors. I don't know. It's, let me look at the auxiliary warp cores. Maybe one of them survived. So, uh, sure enough, betas did. Uh, alphas probably could come online, but you are seeing some microfractures in the casing. So, okay. beta probably is your best bet. Okay, they both look like they're in one piece. I mean, alpha... Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're not leaving that off unless we want to risk blowing the top off the ship. Uh, yeah, beta section's going to have to be at that. Oof, that reactor is not going to be able to provide us enough power to operate at full efficiency. But it'll have to do. Uh, he'll start rerouting the power. Alrighty. We don't need full efficiency right now, Captain. I mean, I mean, Commander, we need uh, one step at a time. See, uh, first priority is to maintain life support. Second is internal shielding and structure. And sensors. Yeah. And, you know, if uh, let's, see if I can, let's see if I can't get a diagnostic running. Yeah, and uh, Mirthrin, since you're doing the task yourself, I'm going to say this is going to be a control plus engineering. And um, he's in engineering. Doesn't he get like a bonus for that? He does, yes. Uh, so the difficulty was going to be a three. It is now a two. And uh, yeah, I would say unless you wanted to send out a team to do it, that is going to be the task. 
and I'll use my I know my ship talent to get a bonus d20 when attempting to determine the source of a technical problem with the ship. Oh, there's a lot of those, so yeah. And ship power systems as a focus. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. So that is, uh, I can math today, three momentums. You're up to four. So, uh, short order, Mirthrin, you're able to sort of uh, shunt most of the power needs to Beta's core, and the lighting does stabilize across the ship, and comms begin working, and immediately, uh, Panek, you get a call from Sickbay, and this is uh, our currently uh, not here player, but they will here be here next week, and this uh, this person says, uh, this is Dr. Purr to Commander Panek. Uh, Panek, are you reading me? This is Commander Panek. I can read you. What is the current status? We're dealing with a lot of wounded here. Uh, I've got about 10 in critical condition. I've got another 18 sporting severe wounds. And the rest of the wounded that are coming in this far are bumped and bruised, but not really any long-term danger. Uh, if I had to estimate a casualty rate, I'm looking at about 15% across the whole crew. Uh, I will be sending um, security teams to sickbay. You will send them out with whatever uh, emergency personnel you can to retrieve anyone that can't make it to sickbay. What is the current power functionality of sickbay? Are you able to treat these injured? Uh, the EMH is offline, but I don't trust that thing to begin with. Uh, right now we're running on uh, auxiliary power. Oh, no, wait. Looks like we're getting some power back online here. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, still no EMH, but no, uh, I've got all my nurses in here, and we're working to capacity at the moment. Well, well, keep me updated as to the uh, as to your um, status. Are you able to um, communicate with the bridge? I haven't Are tried we? yet, sir, but I certainly can. Connect to the bridge. And Bridge, you do hear him. Skull here, go ahead. Captain, um, we have a 15% casualty rate across the board. So report sick bay. Uh, our primary war core is dead. Uh, the dilithium crystals inside are not functional. We'll, be using, we'll have to use backups. Prague estimates a week of uh, repairs before it can come online. Currently, Mirthrin has been able to reroute functionality of the Beta's warp core to uh, provide limited functionality to key systems. He also reports Alpha's warp core has suffered structural fractures. Good work, Panek. Or good work, Mirthrin, I should say. Um, good work, the pair of you. Uh, yeah, uh, gonna try and get sensors. Gonna try and get the ship's sensors running next. See if we can't figure out what's happening out there. Also, communications, see if we can communicate with the Valkyrie. Agreed. Um, yes, that was going to be my next suggestion, is to deploy, uh, find Ensign, or get Lieutenant Ween out on the, or Ensign Wine, I should say. Oh, he is Lieutenant. Get Lieutenant Wine out there on a shuttle, and uh, one, of the science, one of the science officers to start running a scan. I want to know where we are, and worse, if there's anything out there that might be coming for us. Very well, Captain. Uh, if there's nothing else, well, 
Nope. Um, if you need any assistance from us, let uh, let us know. Will do, Captain. Neck out. Commander Pinek to Lieutenant Wine. Please report to the shuttle bay. Right away, sir. Prag, Merthyr, and I leave this in your hands. Uh, contact, contact me with uh, regular status updates. And then I'll leave and head towards the shuttle bay. All right. Understood. The next year, Prag... Start organize. Start organizing repair teams. I'm gonna. T I'm, I'm gonna take a crew and get those sensors working. All right. So, uh, where do I want to put? What map do I want to put you guys on? Uh, we'll put you back on the main bridge. The main bridge. There we go. All right. So. Uh, Obviously, repair work, I'm not going to have you guys do a billion extended tasks, so we're going to handle it in a narrative sense. Um, so, you know, repairs are undergoing. Uh, systems are slowly but surely coming back online. And uh, eventually, once comms are back up, you send Wine and the Valkyrie uh, out into space to do some scanning. And Wine reports back to the bridge, and he says, uh, Captain... Either the Valkyrie sensors also took a hit here, or I have no idea where the hell we are. That's not an answer I like, Lieutenant. Um, sorry, is Panek on the shuttle with him? I don't know, Panek, are you? Uh, that was my intention when I was heading to the shuttle bay. Okay, yeah, so Panek, you're aboard the, the Valkyrie as well. Great. Okay, that means we're going to have to get astrometrics online. Uh, that. Uh, what do you make of that rogue planet that's nearby? Uh, well, sir, uh, sensor scans or surface scans seem to indicate that it is a Class L planet, but there's also seemingly pockets of Class M environments near caves and within deep ravines. How would a rogue planet maintain us any ass atmosphere? Okay, one mission at a time. Um, is there any indication that the rogue... Pl any sign of survivors or wreckage from the Romulan test ship? I'm not detecting any such, sir, but there is what could be a bounce-back signal, or it could just be random noise. It's it's hard to tell. Now, Commander, investigate is best. Investigate cautiously and report back any findings. Hi, Captain. Lieutenant Locke, your priority is astrometrics. Yes, sir. I will endeavor to try to find out uh, where we are. We could be that far, of course, unless we flew through some sort of wormhole or spatial disturbance or another pocket to the uh, Andromeda galaxy. <laughs> I mean, but the odds against that are significantly low. Commander Vetu, was there any pot was there any um? Any potential explanation as to what might have happened with if there was a malfunction in the warp in your quantum or in your uh, singularity drive? Any possibility that it somehow opened a wormhole or that it hit a speed bump and acted weird? I would like you to roll me a insight plus con. Okay. And I'm going to make this a difficulty three. Insight plus con. Oh, this should be amusing. 
I think I'll spend that focus for the extra momentum. We have okay. more momentum than the one, correct? We're up uh, to... You're at three at the moment. Yeah. Okay, so now we're down to two. Con. Uh, let's see. I have subterfuge as a focus or diplomacy. Uh... Or even temporal mechanics, really. I would say this is more you trying to get a read on Vetu than anything else, so okay. I would say if you had people reading or some sort of uh, interpersonal skill that wasn't diplomacy, I'd say yes, so I think unfortunately you're going in without a focus. Okay. Alright, so well. uh, what Vetu says next, you believe her, and she seems to be on the level. Um, so she says... Uh, there was one minor thing, Captain, but I don't really see how that would have resulted in an explosion like this. Uh, I'm about as in the dark as you are. Great. Okay. Um, how are our how are the other Romulans doing? Are, have the are the two still out cold? Uh, yeah. At this point, they've been uh, taken to sick bay and are being treated. Good show. All right. Very small thing, huh? <sighs> Forget it. We'll worry about that later. All right. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing at the moment. Is just um, have power has power been restored to engines yet? I would say you have thrusters, but that's about it. Okay. I'll at least uh, I'll at least uh, establish. Uh, thruster control so that we're not spinning violently in space anymore. Okay. Alright. So, uh, apparently I need to put a shuttle map on here somewhere, but uh, we're going to cut to uh, Panek and uh, Lieutenant Wine uh, on the shuttle. So let me just get rid of all these extra tokens here. Ah. Ah, uh, quick request for a bio break? I actually am going to do that right after this very quick scene. Very well, then. I can hold it. Yeah. So, uh, Panek, as you maybe get a little bit closer to the planet, there's another pingback signal from a location on the planet. And uh, Lieutenant Wine just kind of looks at you and says, uh, Sir, should we investigate that? Indeed. We are here to determine what has caused us. Uh, it is my understanding that rogue plants do not materialize even this far out from uh, a system star. All right. I would like, and you can determine who's assisting whom here, um, the overall task between you and Wine is going to be a insight plus con, uh, and the difficulty will be a two. I would say actually insight or engineer. Insight plus engineering or con, whichever you'd prefer. Uh, would Starfleet protocols as a focus? I would say so, yes. Alright, so... Uh... Hold on. There we go. Alright, let me roll for wine real quick here. Uh... 
d20. No focus. All right, well, the two successes you got is all you need. So between the two of you, you're able to determine that the signal that is being bounced back to you would only come from either a Starfleet comm badge or an active communications relay. And that's where we're going to take our break, so you guys can think about that for a little bit. So uh, be back uh, no later than, uh, we'll say, top of the hour. Righto. All right, here we Alright, this is where I uh, unmute myself for the stream at least, so of course thank you guys for watching. Hopefully you're having a good time with it. Uh, as usual, as it seems to be during these breaks, I will do a little bit of shilling for my channel. Um, just remember that if you have Amazon Prime, you get a free subscription via Twitch Prime. I would love it if you spend it on me, but of course, uh, you know, I understand if not. Of course you never need uh, to spend anything on my content to enjoy it. I actually, it's one of my pet peeves where people lock uh, VODs behind a paywall. I don't believe in that at all. So, you know, you will never need it. And, uh, you know, if you support me in any way, I am, of course, extremely grateful for it. 
Um, that said, um, just remember that Twitch Prime does not auto-renew for whatever stupid reason, so you just got to remember to use it every month. Um, the other thing is I did want to talk a little bit more about the con game I'm going to be running. Um, as I said at the top of the, uh, top of the game, I did say that uh, this would be my first con game, so I honestly don't know how it will go. Um, but... I did want to maybe give a little bit of a teaser for anyone who might be, you know, out in that area and interested. Um, it's going to be set aboard a Defiant class, and it's going to be an adventure that is similar to Xerxes and Signals, if you are at all familiar with those two adventures. Um, but it's obviously going to be a little bit different. Uh, it will use pre-gen characters and things of that nature so that we don't spend, you know, six hours doing character gen. Um, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Uh, oh yeah, again, uh, there is going to be a Wrath and Glory game, uh, every Wednesday at 8, starting this coming Wednesday, the 22nd. And of course, if you're interested in 40k role-playing at all, I'd recommend checking that out. But I believe that's it for the announcements I had for the stream, of course. Again, thank you guys for watching, and I'm going to unmute myself for the rest of the guys. And I'm back. Welcome back. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> uh, so this will be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, some friends are going to try starting up a D&D &D game set in the Tal'Dorei campaign setting. Mm. Yep. Uh, I'm going to be going with an elven warlock, and my patron is going to be Artigan. I mean, personally, I, uh, I always make my warlock patrons like unicorns and stuff, but that's because I like the Xanathar's Guide uh, Celestial Warlock. <laughs> I'm I'm getting too impatient waiting to see whether the the Archfey has done anything in the new campaign, so I'm gonna go make up my own version of what he did. That's not a bad idea. Although I'm holding on to my theory that the Traveler is in fact Artigan. I mean that is a the very popular theory, but uh, I it's, suppose... it's mainly because he wears a green cloak. I'm back. Welcome back. Um, I think the the real indicator is whether or not Jester ever thinks to use a bit of iron on him, and if he, and if he, you know, shies away from the iron or is visibly, you know, rebuffed by it, then, you know, it's a fake creature. <sighs> but who knows? Talking about someone being a a trickster fairy or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, second campaign of uh, Critical Role. Oh. We were uh, debating whether or not the Traveler was actually the uh, the Archfey they did a deal with in uh, Campaign 1, whose name I totally forget. Yeah. Uh, Arkin. Although he goes by many names. Because, yeah, it's my, my online name I go by is Jester a lot. So whatever people like I know I talk know. about... Mm -hmm. about the like, critical role of the new campaign, I'm like, damn it, what? It's, I keep hearing this like name I'm slightly familiar with being called. 
Alright, well, I think everyone's back, more or less, so let's go ahead and get rid of the big BRB on screen. Alright, so, uh, again, I'd rather handle this narratively rather than dice rolls, unless you guys really want to do extended tasks, in which case we can, but I'm content to handle it narratively. Um, we'll say the next five to six hours are spent repairing various systems and trying to get the Ophion at least a little bit uh, able to fend for itself in the darkness of space. And uh, if... Let's have Mirthrin do this. Mirthrin, if you could roll me a... Uh, we'll say a 1D... Well, let's do 2D6 here. Alrighty. Just straight 2D6. That is a 5. All right. Uh, well, it's the specific numbers I'm interested in. So one and a four. Yeah, one and a four. So you're able to completely restore communications, and you are also able to restore sensors. Nice. Um, unfortunately, Locke's console up on the bridge is still bad, but of course, it is the lovely part of Elcars is you can just readjust the station to be something else. Um, but you do, again, now have sensor functionality, at least. Excellent. Excellent. Yay. Uh, this is about the fourth time I've had to operate from back here. <laughs> <laughs> Five more and I get the repair free. <laughs> what's, our, what's our current situation, Locke? Uh, drifting aimlessly in the void of space with the no set location or uh, destination. Fantastic. Always helpful. I knew I could rely on you as a source of up-to-date and correct information. Uh, How about Drake, that planet? Drake will smirk and say, if only you could make it sound even more hopeless. Well, uh, it's, well I can confirm that we're not all dead because we were flying towards an exploding singularity at high warp, there is a non-zero chance that we slingshotted around it and entered time warp. So I cannot even confirm that we are when we are supposed to be. Uh, I'm guessing you, you're unable to make contact with any of those probes you launched before the test? I, I was just about to do that, sir. Survey says nope. Unfortunately, Captain, no, I... I try to ping any of the, the Federation, like, long-range communication, uh, like, relays, and see if we can get an update on anything. Nothing. Very well. Actually, um, no, I do yeah. say that since you do ping uh, generally, you get the same bounce-back signal that Panek and Wine are seeing on the Argo. Something on the planetoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gull to shuttle. Valkyrie here, uh, Ophion. We got. We have our sensors operational, and they're confirming the sensor blip that you guys are that you're seeing from the planet. Uh, are, how are you able to get closer to it? We are currently heading towards it. We. It is either a Starfleet communication bad signal or. A standard relay. Very well. Proceed with caution, Panek. Aye, Captain. Valkyrie out. 
Drake, what's the status of our uh, uh, weapons, of our tactical systems? Uh, as of right now, we don't have any. I would say my phaser, but um, it's a little Locks drained right now. Duly noted. Well, at least we can see them coming. If, if they're even coming. Locke, now that we have communication, send out a distress beacon. Aye, sir. Uh, broadband distress beacon, or should we try to narrow it for the Federation? Broadband, please. General Distress Beacon activated. Let's see if anyone comes. I don't suppose these constellations, the star, the star patterns that we're seeing make any sense to you, Miss Vetu? Takes a look at them and says, I think your uh, Lieutenant Locke was onto something here. Some of them seem somewhat familiar, but... Uh, have we tried accounting for stellar drift or lack thereof? I'm, I'm doing that now, unfortunately. So yeah, I try to I punch the thing in and try to account for different time dilations, like both forward and or backward. All right, I would think that's going to be a reason science, and the ship will assist with, uh, in this instance, computer science. And I would say this is at a difficulty of three. I can roll Ophion. But I have data analysis focus? That would apply, yes. So, uh... All right. Hey, you guys get a momentum. I believe you're at three yeah. now. That's accurate, I believe. Yep. All right. So, uh, Locke, you are able to tell something. It's not good news, but you've figured out where and when you are. Uh, Captain, any news is good news, correct? Just, you see the cap you see the captain just rub his forehead a little bit. Just, just hit me with it, Locke. All right. What, what do we have? <laughs> you have traveled 80 years into the future, to the year 2459. We are 80 years um, from where we started. Forward. So we don't have to worry about uh, altering the past, per se. Well, that's good. At least uh, small mercies. And, well, hopefully the... Uh, well, we've had positive experience with the Federation in the future. I'm hoping that such things will still be around. And that we're not going to be blown out of the sky um, by what I suspect might be Romulans that might be around. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Let's just hope our removal from the time stream hasn't caused any um, problematic ripples. Oh, I'm sure we weren't that important. I don't uh, know which is worse. If we weren't that important, if we were, so we're still in the same. We're still in the same sector of space. We're now just eighty years in the future. That is correct. Okay, uh, Commander Vetu, if you have any Romulan codes you wish to add to the uh, message that might attract your people, that would uh, please uh, add them to our distress relay. 
All right. Uh, she does so, and after a second, she just kind of double takes and says, uh, "All right, Drake wasn't around when we ran into Future Federation last time. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he may have been lower decks. I don't remember. I, or we picked him up on Daedalus. I don't remember that. I think we picked, I think him, we up picked him up on DSD. Ah, yeah. Okay, you picked him up on DSD. Um, right. I was going to say. So Vetu kind of looks at the the readout from the buoy, and she says, "I'm." Also getting a ping back from the planet on a Romulan frequency. Is this the same position as what we're seeing for the Federation on our systems? Yes, the Federation and Romulan pingback seems to be from the same location. Okay, um, I'm going to bring the ship into standard orbit around the planet. Okay. So that we're above the... Uh, bring us into geosynchronous orbit above the pingback. Done. Um, um, skull to Skull to Engineering. Mercury, engineering you go ahead. I suppose it's too much to ask that the tra- our transporter systems will be operational in the near future. Uh, I, I can prioritize them. I was working on getting astrogation up next. Uh, uh, sorry, Astrometrics. Astrogation is a different <laughs> franchise. <laughs> uh, we have an idea where we are now, now Mirthrin. The good news is we haven't moved. The bad news is we're now 80 years in the future. I am somewhat terrified that I find this to be the least one of the less terrible bits of news I could get. Yeah. I'm going to be sending a... I'm going to send a more comprehensive away team down to the planet's surface to investigate the signal and I would really like to have some transporters to bring them back just in case I, I know that's a tough ask but if you can prioritize the transporter systems that would be appreciated will do captain uh, Skalda lieutenant Skalda Pinek Valkyrie here Ophion bring the Valkyrie back um, and prepare a larger away team to investigate these signals um, I nod to wine while he's talking. We are, we are in the we're in the same uh, sector of space. We've just traveled forward in time. Again, Captain. It does. We do seem to be attracting this uh, type of behavior. I'm surprised that the um, departmental ten- temporal investigations hasn't assigned a person on our ship permanently yet. Very well, Captain. Returning to the Ophion. Uh, Locke, Drake, uh, prepare, uh, head down to the shuttle bay and prepare to meet them. Um, and Mirthrin, if you can assign an engineer to c- assist with the uh, investigation planet side, that would be greatly appreciated. Understood. I'll, I'll send uh, Zenexia down. And Commander Vetu, since the signal is Romulan, I obviously can't order you to come, but your presence would be greatly appreciated on the surface. I actually was going to just now request that, Captain. Very well. Um, Scald a beta shift. Please report to the bridge. We're rather low on uh, personnel up here. All right. Before we... uh, While we're on our way to the shuttle bay to be picked up, Mm -hmm. um, Drake's going to pick up a new phaser. All right. Um, And just in case, he's also going to bring the Arcadian weapon with him. Okay. Uh, oh, what is the environmental situation like? 
unless it's going to give you threat, then never mind. Yeah, I would say bringing the weapon would give me, uh, yeah, you'd have to, pay have to pay both an escalation and it'd give me threat. All right, All never right. mind then. Because that thing doesn't have a stun setting. Nope. Uh, I think Locke was saying something. What's the environmental condition like on the rogue planet? Like, so again, the surface is reading as a class L, so it is barely habitable. But the signal is coming from a class M pocket. So recommend environmental suits for just in case. In case the pockets are a step aid. Probably a good idea. Alright, so just so you know, uh, taking an environmental suit will be... Looks like uh, opportunity two, so two momentum. Yeah, I'm all for taking that. Yep, sounds good. All right, so you're down to one momentum. Uh, anything else people want to bring down with them that I should be made aware of? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming Xenixia is taking an engineering kit. Uh, someone is taking a med mm -hmm. kit, but anything else I should know about? Just a hand phaser and tricorder for me. Yeah, Just get my, my tricorder and a good old Type 1. -er. Okay. <clears throat> All righty. So, uh, the away team assembles in the shuttle bay. The Valkyrie kind of flies on in, uh, turns around, pops open the back hatch, and you, the rest of you pile on board, and Valkyrie goes straight back out into space. And this time, uh, Wine begins a descent into the planet's atmosphere, and after a little bit of bumping and jostling, because, you know, even inertial dampeners can't get rid of planet fall completely, um, you do manage to come into a cruising altitude above the location that is sending off the signal. And now that you're below the cloud level, uh, you're able to tell that this is a some sort of a deep ravine that just goes pretty far down. Um, and you're seeing some sort of sparkle visually at the very bottom of the ravine, but it's very faint. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess sort of start taking some readings, see if there's a way to get down there. Okay. Um, let's have either uh, Wine or whoever else wants to. Uh, if you could roll me a Reason plus Con. Uh, difficulty 1. Well, I guess I can take Wine. All right. Um... Uh, Lieutenant Wolfwine. Uh, sorry, what was that? Uh, reason plus con. Reason plus con. Small craft focus. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at that. Two momentum. You're back up to three. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, wine is very easily able to find a descent pattern that will get you into the ravine no problem. And eventually, the shuttle comes to a stop, and I can put you on this map. So, uh, kind of outside, as you might expect from a rogue planet, it's rather dark. Uh, what little light there is is being provided by uh, fluorescent uh, or perhaps bioluminescent moss and other sorts of uh, flora. And interestingly, you're also seeing what appear to be structures of some sort. Uh, it's ones that are 
of artificial design. Um, there's no way nature could have created such a uh, significant curve, uh, not repeating like the way you're seeing. And these haphazard structures seemingly go on for quite a bit, um, but you're not detecting any life signs at the moment. Um, you are just detecting that the signal is approximately a kilometer to your south. And this would have been, like, the closest landing spot. Well, not too far of a walk. 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. Commander, uh, orders? Can we land safely? Yeah, you landed safely. Uh, and the area we're in is the M-Class section, right? Correct. All right, have we detected anybody nearby? Not yet. Or where no. the signal is coming from? Uh, you do know the signal is coming from the south. Um, let's put on our environmental gear and suit up and head off towards the south then. Uh, first, let's radio to OFIAN let know we we're here safely and uh, update them on our status. Yes, sir. All right, so you try to ping the OFIAN, and you actually do not get through. Uh, it's almost as if the naturally occurring formations are somehow either absorbing or scattering the comm signal. Uh, sir, I'm unable Probably to reach something. the OFIAN. Very well. Um, Lieutenant Wine... You'll stay with the shuttle and maintain uh, emergency communications with us. If need yes, be, sir. you'll come in and pick us up. Yes, sir. Uh, um, it's a good thing I brought a book, sir. Sorry. Um, as we're leaving, um, especially after that comment about bringing a book, mm -hmm. uh, Drake will grab one of the phasers out of the shuttle and mm -hmm. toss it to wine and tell him reading the book's fine but just stay alert stay care take care of yourself and uh yell loudly if something comes i take the phaser and uh check it with someone who's obviously used weapons before and slide in my holster of course sir excellent uh, i guess we're well i'm lieutenant J junior grade you're full lieutenant so yeah you're still sir all right. So, rest of you, standard marching order. So, you begin trudging to the south, and I would say you get about maybe about halfway there when uh, Vetu on her Romulan tricorder, or the equivalent thereof, says, Wait, I'm detecting movement ahead. Uh, looks like one humanoid. I, I pull my favorite. She fades her, but I don't brandish it. Okay. What about everybody else? I keep uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Zenixi is not security, so she's just sort of curious. Lock steps behind Drake while keeping his tricorder up. Uh, Drake pulls his weapon. Okay. Is there anything that you can determine from the uh, readings? Vetu kind of works the tricorder for a moment and says, uh, Huh. Uh, supposedly they're half Romulan. 
whoever they are. Curious. I guess we will have to find out. Let's continue moving towards them. All right. So you walk another two, three minutes, and then you quite literally uh, run into this individual here. Uh, she is, uh, by uh, appearance's sake, she does have the spots of a trill. And her ears are somewhat pointed, like a Romulan's. But, uh, you know, they you kind of run into one another, and there's that kind of, whoa, 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 as, you know, everybody points their weapons at one another. But uh, this, uh, this woman does kind of come to her senses first and lowers her weapon and says, who, who the hell are you people? She comes to her senses before I do? Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm Commander Panek of the USS Ophion. We have uh, detected a communication source on this planet and have come to investigate. Uh, please care to identify yourself. I'm, I'm sorry, did you say the Ophion? That is correct, the, Starf the Federation Starfleet vessel USS Ophion. That can't be right. Oh, I have a bad feeling about that. I can confirm it is indeed the Ophion. And uh, Zenixia will sort of lean over and go, well, if we are 80 years in the future, maybe we've been missing for 80 years? And almost as if to answer Zenixia's question, uh, the woman does sort of recompose herself and says, all right, we knew this might have happened, but this is didn't expect to confirm it ever. Uh, perhaps I should make some introductions. I am Venry Skull. I can now Surprised Chitter from Xenexia. Somewhere up there, somewhere up in space, Skull just spasms for he doesn't know why. I'm so glad I was muted! I see this situation. So Xenexia so will sort of go, interesting. So are you related to to Captain Skull. I am his great his granddaughter, yes. Fascinating. You are not the carrier of the Skull um what uh, uh symbiote. Symbiote. No, I, I am the carrier. Uh, I'm the only one on the planet that can carry it. So then you should have recognized us. No, I did, but I wasn't really ready to believe that this could be possible. Well, it unfortunately, yeah, it's possible. And Zenixia will sort of um, just go ha think for a second. And go, um, who has the medical tricorder? Wait, didn't didn't Vetu, Commander? Didn't you say that the life sign was half Romulan? And Vetu just points at the ears of uh, Venry, and Venry nods and says, "Yes, my great—or not great, but uh, my grandmother—was, funnily enough, Commander Vetu here." That's the jump I was making. Yeah, and I'd imagine the medical tricorder scan will confirm it. Yeah. While um, the illumination of their ancestry here is quite interesting. We have a much more pressing matter to attend to. I'm sure the thought on all of your mind is that 
our des descendant of Skull and Betu here would not be present if we had found some way to leave. Well, if they lock. wouldn't be here, a descendant, it means implies that we go back and they stay here. Yeah, so Zinix, you're all sort of like slow the forward and say, uh, perhaps a history lesson is in order? Um, yes. Well, I mean, I can tell you about it here, but maybe you should come and see the settlement first. Oh, oh a settlement. Oh, now this is interesting. And Zinix, you're all sort of come up ready to follow Venry. Please lead the way. Does this settlement of yours contain any methods of communication so that we may be establish contact with the Ophion? Um, yes, we do have a working communications array. Then please lead us there immediately. Right. So uh, it's about a 15 to 20 minute walk, and uh, Venry does kind of stay silent through most of it. Almost as if she's trying to weigh her words and decide how to say something. Um, but eventually, you guys kind of round a bend, or the equivalent thereof, and you see before you that the uh, sort of unnatural shapes you were seeing, and it would occur to you what they are at this point, uh, the unnatural formations are actually pieces of the Ophion. And when you round the bend, you see what is left of the Alpha section. And it has been, I guess you would say cannibalized, like many people do with their colony ship where it has been converted into a full-on settlement. And now that you're closer, you're able to determine via tricorder that there are approximately 85 individuals uh, within this settlement. And Venry mm. just kind of motions grandly at it and says, well, here we are. Um, I suppose we can chat wherever you like, but I personally would recommend perhaps here on the edge of the, the settlement before we go any further. Uh, I would prefer to establish contact with my captain first, so that may, he may be uh, brought into the loop, as the phrase is said. Uh, Commander, I recommend not. If this is Gaul's descendant, we don't need to. Um, we don't want to give him any too much foreknowledge of his personal future. Uh, Commander, Locke, I, I, I agree with Locke. Fully intend for this to not be our future. Not knowing the status of the worlds, the, we do have to maintain the temporal prime directive. The what now? We we're not supposed to interfere with history. The, any mean, knowledge we gain from these people will become history. Yeah, and so, so you can see Zenixia, even with the insect facing sea, she's sort of trying to figure out how that works. But hang on, this is the future, so it's not history. Oh, never mind. Um, I'll, uh, I'll kind of, like, look at Xenixia and start thinking of the Temporal Prime Directive and all of that, and just kind of, like, like, raise my eyebrow at her so that way she maybe is getting the whole dump of it. I should probably start getting the gist. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, at least get the gist of what Locke is trying to say. I don't want to go about this. Um... So you are the commanding officer, Commander, so if if you do feel that we should contact the, the captain. Uh, I 
I do not believe that any information should be withheld from him. I'm, there's no more chance of us being spoiled for the, uh, spoiled as in regards to what will happen than he was. Uh, should we close our ears and not listen to anything she has to say either? Good question. Um, <laughs> Benry, did we call up to you or not? I, well, that's kind of why I wanted to have a conversation before we went into the settlement. And honestly, before you calmed up to anyone on the Ophion. But of course that can wait if you really wish. This entire conversation grows tedious. Venerys, <laughs> please proceed. Right. Um, so, a uh, few basic facts you need to know. Uh, if what I'm guessing is correct, it's been, what, minutes, hours, days since your exposure to the Romulan prototype? Uh, approximately three days. We've been repairing our communications array for most of that time. Well, um, if began memory serves, a or the prototype uh, did have a catastrophic breakdown and an explosion, and you ran into it. That about right? Yes. Well, well, we seem to have gotten lucky and missed the planetoid. Well. Uh, I think the easiest way for me to put this is the prototype's explosion uh, ripped a tear in the space-time continuum, and and this is just a theory since you're here, um, it sent a version of the Ophion slamming into the planet, while I guess you uh, ended up just sort of spinning out of control, or whatever happened to you up there. Uh, interesting. Quantum timeline. Yes, uh, our version of the Ophion crashed in 2379. So already there are significant differences that have taken place. So, hmm. Okay, so the, the temporal prime director doesn't apply because one of us is technically from a alternate slash parallel universe well, diverg divergent timeline we created so what an I'm, so what I'm hearing is not crashing into the planetoid was a mistake well, well considering the fact that they've been stranded here for eight years I would not consider that a timeline we should be in well both no, timelines no, are technically correct oh. now I wouldn't say they are correct or incorrect, Lieutenant. Rather divergent. I might still be here. I'm I might still be here in this timeline. Because I'm out of character, I can't remember how long Slough live. Uh let's see. Slaw like Xenixia? Yeah, she might be around still. Uh Commander, Commander you might be here too. This is irrelevant. We are not here to sightsee. Oh, I know I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Humans live hundreds, like uh, close to pretty close. Oh, uh, we're we're like hundred something. I'm I'm fairly certain in in the first expansion of trying to go out into the wilderness, something probably got me after I killed like seven or eight of it. Uh. 
I'm, and I'm he just stands there deadpan serious. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking to Skull, uh, Skull here, but I'm looking at Locke mm -hmm. intensely and I say, considering the discrepancies amongst their timelines, I do not believe the Temple Prime Directive takes precedence here. Yeah, and then I look back at her. Yeah, you will uh, lead us to your communications array, and we will establish a contact with Theophion. As you wish. Yeah. And yeah, uh, she begins leading you into the settlement proper, and as you might suspect, you're starting to get looks from people. Like, uh, you're also recognizing faces that are not quite right. They're, you know, obviously changed via time and generations, but... Like, you're seeing parts of one ensign here and a uh, face of uh, a good friend here and there. Um, you know, basic uh, colonies that have come from your own crew kind of a thing. And eventually, uh, you all arrive at what would be the bridge section of the Alpha uh, section. And the bridge itself has been cannibalized to be a sort of office of sorts. And uh, Venry does sort of sit behind the very large wooden desk that takes up where the captain's chair used to be. And uh, she says, uh, you can use any of the consoles there or there. And she points at where um, Panek and where Drake used to sit. Uh, either of those will get you contact with the uh, Ophion in orbit, hopefully. Before anyone takes a seat, I motion the group to come to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed the, some of the reactions on our way inside. I'd just like to remind you that the Starfleet officers here to maintain your composure, no matter what you see. You're not here to fraternize or, or, or in any way interact inappropriately or unprofessionally with these people. We will do everything we can to help them. But remember, we are to maintain and uh, get back to our own Ophion. Is that understood? Hi, sir. Very well, Mr. Locke, please take your station. I will try to establish contact with the Ophion. Mr. Drake, see what you can get on the uh, sensor. Uh, see what you can get on the other consoles here and, and find out what they have left in their database. All right. So, uh, yeah, Panek, you try and go through the comms relay to get up to the Ophion, and sure enough, back up on the Ophion, Skull, you're getting a communique from the planet. <sighs> Uh, Ophion Skull here. Uh, report. Ophion, this is Panek. Um, this is quite a bit of uh, information that suddenly dropped on you, Captain, but uh, we have encountered the remnants of a, a crashed Ophion from a divergent timeline. Uh, a settlement has been developed here, led by Venry Skull, your great-granddaughter. She claims to be. However, she carries her symbiote. Uh, I'm sorry. I think the communications broke down. Did you just say Ven... Did you just say great-granddaughter? That is what she's claimed. Well, that's... It would seem that... Their Ophion was also th um, thrown 80 years. Uh, no, it wasn't thrown 80. They, they, they crash-landed on the rogue planetoid. Okay. Interesting. Sorry. 
can I just bring to point of order 80 years for a great-granddaughter? Yeah, small That's... mistake of my part, just regular granddaughter. Okay, regular oh. granddaughter. Okay, that would more or less make more sense. Okay, yeah. Gra regular granddaughter. Okay. And she's established herself as more or less the captain? She is not formally claimed such things, however... That is the general idea that I've I've I've, I've received. Uh, more to the point, Captain. Um, what are your standing orders? Okay. Um, I recall courses in temporal mechanics of a similar situation of a similar situation regarding one Commander William Riker, where a temporal duplicate were created. Um. Uh, of his brother. Alas, I don't know whatever happened to his brother. I really should check the logs on that. So, for the moment, um, establish... Well, let's see if we can't help these people. We'll treat them as any stranded colony for the moment. Uh, see what information they have that could assist us in getting home. And I'm very curious, if they've been stranded here 80 years, why haven't anyone picked them up? That's, uh, that's a mystery that we should uh, investigate as well. I turn to uh, Benny and say, this is where you should chime in. Um, uh, hello, Grandfather? Um, to sort of answer your question, uh, perhaps I need to tell you a little bit about this planet. Uh, it's uh, it's not quite what you would call a static planet. It actually moves about rather haphazardly, sort of like a, an unstable wormhole. That's kind of why we haven't ever been picked up by anyone, because uh, we move about so much that by the time a signal gets out, uh, we've already left the current uh, location. Oh. That's, have you determined the... You know what? I'm not even going to ask that question right now. You know more about the planet than I do. The Ophion can, can take on an additional crew if somewhat stretching our resources. Do you want to be rescued and we can figure this out together? Well, um, it's not like we're unhappy here, but I, I think I speak for at least half of the colonists that uh, not uh, not quite a majority, but a close to it, would prefer to leave this place. Uh, hasn't exactly been the most hospitable of, of colonies to sort of weather, but uh, we have made a, uh, a good life as much as we can from the wreckage. Right. Despite our... Despite, of course, our standing orders to go home... I extend to you and I suppose the descent the colonists of let's just call this Ophion Prime for now unless you have a different settlement name for it um, the USS Ophion stands uh, ready to assist the inhabitants of Ophion Prime as they decide as they each decide whether that means they seek transport transport off this world to another life or elsewhere or if they wish to stay we can beam down a fresh load of supplies to make their stay more comfortable 
uh, keep in mind, of course, our primary mission is to return back to our time zone. Um, given your isolationist existence, I don't foresee too much bureaucracy aside from the trill bureaucracy, but that's different. And we'll tackle yeah, that I as... I wonder how they deal with a duplicate of the same symbiote. I don't think that's ever happened before. We're going to find out, maybe. Well, there's, uh, symbionts are rare, so they'd probably be happy regardless. Yeah. Um... Captain, there still is the matter of us returning back to airtime. Of course. <clears throat> and hopefully, we'll be able to uh, figure that out. Um, establish, uh, establish the colony's, uh, current, uh, status, Pinek, and, uh, and hopefully the, uh, transporters will be online shortly. Actually, see if they have a, tra a working transporter system. We might be able to use theirs until we get ours operational. <laughs> and then we can establish a more perm uh, proper form of communications. <laughs> Drake made a good point, actually. If anyone would be okay with talking to a granddaughter who's about their age, it would be a trill. Mm -hmm. Yep. Heck, I just... I, only, a, only a year or two ago, I sponsored my... one of Tezzy Skull's great... great-granddaughters, I think, into the Academy. So, yeah, not the, not the first. Venry Skull, I suggest you gather what personnel you require and inform them of what has transpired. Uh, decide amongst yourself what your next step it will be. Uh, as for my crew and I, uh, I will discuss that with them. Uh, Lieutenant Wine to Commander Pinek. Uh, Commander Pinek here. Just their hourly check-in, sir. Is everything okay? Are you still alive? Do Lieutenant you need any assistance? I'm going to send you some coordinates. Uh, please bring the shuttle to them. Uh, we will up we will update you as to our situation when you get here. Yes, sir. And as I sign off, I'm like, oh, this book was just getting good too. <laughs> All right. All right. So out of character, we've got a couple choices here. Um, I'm looking at the time we've got left for today. And uh, we can try to squeeze everything into one yeah, session. One session. I, um, I, I feel like stretching this one out into two. Yeah, I was going to say it might be better uh, to do a two-parter here. Um, simply because that'll give you guys some time to think about uh, several solutions that you need to come up with. Uh, yeah, let's make it a two-parter. Let's make it a two-parter. Um, can, I, can I have some harp, RP as everyone sort of meets their descendants slash older selves? Mm-hmm. All right. So, oh, dear. So... Two connects. Oh, God. Um, so that's what we'll do. Uh, so let's go ahead and end the stream. But, uh, of course, players stick around. So anyone watching on stream, of course, thank you for watching. And I guess we'll see the conclusion of this next week. Bye-bye.